First, there was the best-selling book, The Four Agreements. Then came the co-authored book, The Fifth Agreement. Wait till you see who we have on this show today. Buckle on up. Welcome to the Motivation Show podcast, where we interview remarkable world-class experts that help bring out the greatness within you. Top book authors, super successful business people, and outstanding special guests that will motivate and inspire you with their incredible, uplifting stories and life-changing tips and strategies. Our goal is your success. If you desire more out of life, you've dialed into the right show. So fasten your seatbelts, friends, and let's get ready for some high-octane motivation. Now, your host, the mayor of motivation, Eli Marcus. Our guest on The Motivation Show is a spiritual leader with generations of his family having been teachers, guides, and friends of humanity. As a shaman, he is passing on the Toltec tradition and wisdom, which helps people transform, love, and accept themselves. His father wrote the classic book, The Four Agreements, which sold over 10 million books and was a New York Times bestseller for over a decade. Our guest himself has written five great books, among them, The Medicine Bag, The Wisdom of the Shamans, and he co-wrote The Fifth Agreement. The Wisdom of the Shamans has a great subtitle you're gonna love, What the Ancient Masters Can Teach Us About Love and Life. If you have felt there is more to life than just making money and acquiring things, I feel there's a lot more to life than that, and have even felt empty after doing so, then our guest today is going to help you heal and put life's purpose into clearer perspective. A warm welcome to The Motivation Show, Don Jose Ruiz. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. So honored to be here with you. Well, I'm so honored to have you with us. I told you a story uh, on how I worked with your father uh, over 20 years ago and had flown him to New York City when he wrote this incredible book, The uh, Four Agreements. And as I told you, I've had hundreds of speakers and your father is one of the most genuine down-to-earth people that I've ever met. Oh, <laughs> I, I love to hear the story. <laughs> And uh, I have a feeling the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because in having talked to you so far, I get to feel that genuineness and that spirituality as well. Uh, it's, it's just gratitude and, 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 and love, my brother. <laughs> so I'd like to begin uh, by having you explain what the Toltec tradition actually is, what it means, and what it actually emphasizes. Yes, the Toltec tradition is an ancient tradition in, in, the, in the tradition of old Mexico. It's a story of the Mexicas, and they called about a tradition that was a tribe, but it was a religious tradition. And, and the religious tradition is because they just worship the earth. They worship all the gods that they had nicknamed, the earth of the god, the rain of the god. Everything was a god to them because it was many faces, similar to the India story. But the belief of the, the Toltecs had is that they come from stars. They come from the infinite, and the infinite is what is the life force, the intent the thing that make us take action in life to have results. So that's an act of the infinite that got imprinted into a human. And those humans, you know, were born and they call themselves Totec. And the word Totec means artist, artist of the spirit. And we become being aware that we are, you know, like the hand of the divine, uh, an extension of the, the pencil being drawn into life. And the beautiful thing is that we have the creativity of the, of the free expression that we have in our heart. 
So the art from a heart is what's being delivered in the Toltec way of life. And the way of life of the artist is how do you live your life? How do you master love? How do you master yourself? And this is a beautiful thing that we wake up in a dream. And this is a Toltec tradition. Yeah, and in your book, The Medicine Bag, you talk about how we're all dreaming uh, and we're not, not about dreaming at night, but we all dream during the day. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, a little example I would share is with my grandfather. When I was very young, he was teaching me the art of dreaming. Of course, I was young. He goes, I'm going to teach you the art of dreaming. When you're sleeping, I want you to see your hands. And then he goes, now go to sleep. So I went to sleep thinking I was going to see my hands when I was dreaming, but nothing happened. For a few weeks, nothing happened. And then one day, one dream, I washed my hands. I saw seeing my hands. So I woke up and I couldn't wait to go to my grandfather to tell him, you know, that I saw my hands when I was dreaming. The moment happened, I was there with my grandfather. I told him and he responded, were you awake or sleeping dreaming when you saw your hands? And I'm like, grandpa, of course, when I'm sleeping. No, right now you're dreaming, son. I want you to see your hands. And I see my hands. And he goes, what made you see your hands? Well, of course, I had a smart answer. I gave an order for my brain to an order to my hands so I can see them. Yes, very smart, but what gave an order to your brain to give to your hands? And I was quiet. And for the longest time, I didn't know. But then one day I had the realization, it's intent. And that's the power of the, of the Totec tradition, the manifestation of our intent. And this is what we present into this beautiful life. So how do we take our dreams and make them as positive as possible because when we think of dreams we often think of nightmares so how do we take those dreams during the day is there a way for us to steer it more towards the positive yes the first thing is that we are where we're dreaming like i said earlier when i was noticing that i saw my hands i know that i was dreaming and then grandfather says okay it's not over yet see everybody everybody's dreaming and like father says in one of his book is imagine that you're the only sober person where everybody's completely drunk, drunk with their dreams, that they create a nightmare because they, they're afraid to communicate to one another. They're afraid to express themselves. They take everyone personally, especially themselves, and they never do their best. And they get irritated or envy or jealousy if they see you flying because no one has to write. And this is the dream of the planet, everybody cutting their own wings. So when you wake up and you're noticing that you are living a nightmare, what are you going to do? Wake yourself up from the nightmare, change your dream. And this is the gift that we have in the Totec tradition that we know that we're dreaming and dreaming is a translation of living. And if we don't like our life, we can change it. That's why there's many people mm -hmm. suffering because they stay in a dream they're not supposed to be because they're not happy there. They sacrifice themselves there. There's still human sacrifice, but they're sacrificing their passion, their creativity, and that creates irritation. And when that creates irritation, that's what we feed to one another and the relationships are, are disharmony because no one's living their truth. Everybody's pretending and sacrificing. And the lies are the foundation of hell. So if you notice, many people lie and they justify their lies and it's a big hell. But the ones who are awake and honest with themselves, that's what the, the reference of the art of dreaming it is. You know that you are awake and everybody's sleeping. And the beautiful thing about being awake is that once you wake up, you cannot go back to sleep. Your consciousness begins waking up of everything that you do. So now if you do a negative act, you will know that you're doing something negative or you do something positive. So now you're in control of your dream. Wow, that's, that's profound. Uh, so you talk about intent and, you know, people often like to believe their own stories. They make up their own stories and they'll live their entire life with the story, uh, with that status quo. It doesn't serve them well, but they don't know how to give it up. They don't even realize they're in their own story. You know, they make excuses for themselves. Oh, I, I can't do this. 
because I've got two kids, or I can't do this because of the color of my skin, or I can't do this because I'm too short, I'm too tall, I'm too fat, I'm too this. How do you get people to recognize their own story and to change the narrative of that story? To become aware that they're in an animal safety. They prefer a pin they used to of the, instead of going to the unknown. And the unknown is scary because we don't know what's happening there. So we prefer to stay, you know, where we're submitted, where we're suppressed, when we're suppressing ourselves. The sad thing is that, you know, when we have kids, that's what we're offering them. Because the way that we live our life, that's what they're going to learn. You know, we begin hating people. They're going to learn to hate the people without not even having to do involvement in that dream. And the beautiful thing about self-realization is that, okay, I'm in a nightmare. I'm using my own justification and excuses to stay in this nightmare, this abusive relationship, let's say. A person will never leave an abusive relationship because it's scared to make it on its own. But he prefers to be beat up, to be verbally abused, and to see the children being doing that, that they begin to be quiet, you know, go to church on Sunday, pretend they're a perfect family, and, and to just be accepted in life. But, you know, when you wake up and you begin telling yourself the truth, yes, I am in an abusive relationship. I don't want my children to live in this way then you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it for your integrity. And intent and integrity go together in hand because integrity and intent is the divine working through us or the positivity or the goodness of humanity, however you want to name it. Kindness being action. So when we begin being kind for ourselves, it's because we have realization to see what we didn't want to see. Wow. So Don Jose, a lot of us just can't seem to make that change. We need help. Um, so how do you advise we get the help? Do we get it from a shaman? Do we get it from a, uh, a podcast? Where do we seek that help? Do we get it from our, uh, local rabbi, uh, our priest? Tell us how we get that transformation best. The first step is to listen to the call that's being made, not a call by somebody else, your own call, because when we pray, who listens to our prayers? We do then we know that there's something wrong in our dream. There's something unhappiness that we need to take action to protect the love of our life from ourselves. Then we have to unlearn how we, you know, treat ourselves. And, you know, the first thing that we realize how we treat ourselves is scary and heartbreak. We say, oh my God, I did this to me and I did this to them. The first act will be to self-judge and to feel, you know, the, the self, I'm not worthy, I'm guilt and shame. But no, that's just something that can stop us from getting further because once you make a mess in your home and you're ready to clean it up, the first thing is to make a mess, to, to get everything out so nothing hides, so we can clean it very well. So that's our thoughts as well. And sometimes we don't want to see, but when we hear our calls, that's when we know that it's time to listen. The priest, the rabbi, the podcast will support our change, but they will not change us. And that's what something that happens when we really want change. like. When I really wanted change in my life, when I weighed 258 pounds, I was ready to have a heart attack like my father put at an early age. That if I didn't listen to my body praying, saying I need change, I wouldn't have to make this cold, drastic decision in cutting off different foods that were hurting my body and get comfortable in the uncomfortableness to break a, a dream, to break a spell. And when I make a spell, I mean break a belief. And when I broke that belief, you know, I don't need to eat this food. I ate it all my life. It's making me unhealthy. Now I have to unlearn how to eat it and learn to eat new food. But if I was already afraid, resistant of how the new food will taste, how can I heal? I had to really let go. But sometimes people don't want to let go. They want change without nothing changing. They want to stay with the parasite because with the parasite and the victimization, they can manipulate people and get what they want because that's been happening for generations. 
and it's a disrespect to humanity. That's why it is what it is. And this is why education has stopped. And I don't mean the kitchen in schools. I mean education of the heart to be kind for you. And when we begin doing this, now the kids say, okay, the parents were not happy. They were fighting all the time. Now they're separated and they're fighting less. That brings peace and harmony to the kids. And sometimes people don't leave and they fight all the time. And that's something that is in a personal life for me because my parents split up because my parents said, you know what? We, we, we're, not, we're not in harmony anymore. We have to walk away from each other. That if we stay, we we're just gonna teach you to learn to scream at each other and scream at other people and that's gonna be your relationship. So everything that we do in life and unlearn, it's a big opportunity for the little ones. But of course, it's scary when it's time to take action. So Don Jose, I, I watch people and I see they got all the toys of life. You know, they chased money, they chased the toys, they've got the big houses, they got maybe three big houses, they got three cars, but their health is is a wreck. You know, they're like you said in your case, you know, you were very overweight. How did you transform uh, your weight? What kind of foods did you start eating? Well, the the, the first thing that I had is what my puppy died, and I just love my puppy. And then I realized that my body is my puppy. When I was in the hospital, because I had a, 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 a scar tissue that I wasn't processing food, I, they had to put a, a, a hose down my nose to get everything out. But in that night, I had an epiphany that I was walking in the hospital room and everybody had the same sickness that I do. We were eating rotten food. We were eating food as the sickness, you know. Before that, before I've been changing my life, I had the dream. I didn't even read the food, what I was eating. I was trusting everything. You know, that's good for me. That's good for me. But I couldn't even understand what, what that was. The X, X, whatever that ingredient is, I don't know. But then later I had the epiphany and this is my puppy. Then I begin treating, okay, if I wanna, I'm not going to give alcohol. I'm not going to give to my dog because it's not good for dogs. I'm not going to give avocado for dogs because it's not good for dogs. So I think, what is good for my dog? And I begin tasting it and tell you, brother, I begin losing weight, I begin having strength and exercising. And this is what I was beginning to feel. I begin eating plant-based food. And the beautiful thing is that I didn't have to sacrifice what I love to eat. My food that I love to eat is salsas and Mexican dishes that is have nothing to do with meats. It has nothing to do with you know, things that make me sick. So I get all those ingredients and, and make my own sauces. And you know, it, it is like if I'm eating, but the beautiful thing about this is if I didn't give the opportunity to myself to try a new dream, the old dream would have never let go. And I probably wouldn't be here speaking to you because I probably already had a heart attack and passed away. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that there is in life to take care of our bodies. And the only one who would know what's going on is me because I was the one waking up, dragging my body, you know. And, and I tell you, the day that I changed my life and now years later, I can feel my body being so grateful because I feel my body as a separate entity of life force than my mind because my mind, it is controlled by the intent of the life force that I am, but that it is happening so I can take care of the love of my life that is my body. Now I cannot go against myself because if I don't walk my talk, you know, putting good food or taking care of my temple, how can I talk to you right now or do what I love to do? And that's the beautiful thing about consciousness when you wake up. You cannot go back to sleep, but everything is in its right time. Well, you're in my club, the vegan club. <laughs> but when I talk to other people about being vegan, uh, they have a hard time accepting it because they think that the sacrifice is just too great. Because when you go your entire life and you eat meat, fish, shrimp, and all the, uh, those fun foods, they feel there's too much to give up, too much sacrifice. 
And I guess the best word is discipline. How do you get the discipline to change on a dime and eliminate what you've done in an entire life? Yes, and, and, and that's all the, the love for your life. You know, we do this not only with food, but we do it with relationships. We do it with work. Oh, I had this girlfriend, that boyfriend, or that it was 20 years ago, and we're still talking about it. We're still not letting them go, and they already have a whole family. You know? It's about not respecting ourselves. And the moment that we begin respecting ourselves, it's easy to let go. Like my brother teach me this church story with me about Robert Downey Jr. talking with Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah Winfrey asked Robert Downey, how difficult was it to leave your addiction? And he was, it was easy. And she goes, how can you say that when you went to all these different rehabilitation centers? He goes, it's simple. Because every time I went to all those different rehabilitation centers, I went for somebody else. But when I went for myself, it was the easiest mm. thing I could ever done. Mm. And the same thing with our bodies. You know, I got tired of getting from my couch to the refrigerator and, and being out of breath. You know, I got tired of, of, of being the, the unaware, unhealthy shaman saying that I love life when I'm doing this to my body. You know, it comes a point in moments of life where we want to live and we experience all the things we had, you know, like the other day I, I was talking to one of my good friends and said, yeah, we, we used to love to eat this way, but it's over. We're still alive. We can eat other things. And this is the beautiful thing. We can take a delicious meal that was giving heart attack to many people and killed a lot of people. We can get the same ingredients, make them plant-based, and it will heal a lot of people. And the flavors are still there. It's about letting go of what's inside those tacos that are covered by sauces. And the same thing, it is about the stories of our life. What are we giving power to? What are we not letting go of? And we say we want to change, but we still have the leftover baggie with the rotten food and we're still eating it. How can I change? It's because we continue living a life of the past. In, that's what I call ghost town. Like the ghost town of Jose, the restaurant that he used to eat, it, I don't eat there anymore. Well said. The past is the past, and it's time for a new day. You know, if you want your, if you want to live a healthy, uh, vibrant life, you have to be willing to give uh, give up the old for the new. That's, yes, uh, but the important thing is to always be grateful for all the journeys. Because mm. if I didn't eat that kind of food, I wouldn't be alive right now. It kept me alive. Right. So this is the same with wisdom. The wisdom of the doctors to reduce treasure, have to smoke a cigarette and reduce it 50, 60 years ago. Now we grew up as a lie. The same thing will happen with drilling the ground for oil, you know, the atmosphere. Everything will begin changing because we're having awareness and everything was okay. When it's not okay is when we have awareness and not change. Like if we, have a cha if we have awareness that we're hurting our body, putting certain kind of foods in our body, you know, and we're knowing that's not good for us, then it's like the same thing that humanity is doing to the earth. When we have epiphany of changing, if we don't take action, you know, we're going to be targeted by Mother Earth. We're going to be targeted by the dream. But the moment that we become invisible and just take care of whatever it is, we don't need no validation. And this is what people, they're, you know, they're really looking for validation. And when they don't get it, they hurt themselves. And it all happens when we were children. Because we need, when we do something good, they applaud. Now it's social media. If we don't get a certain amount of likes, we feel like our art is not good. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about creating from the heart. So when we change, we're not changing for them. We're not changing for anybody else. We're changing because we want to live, because we wake up consciously. And like I said earlier, when we wake up, we cannot go back to sleep. Now we're responsible for our, for our dream. So, Don Jose, we're in a COVID world right now where people are challenged. And a lot of my listeners are business people. 
and they have realities of having to uh, do business and make sales. And sometimes having to make sales get in the way of being balanced, balanced. And also it brings on a lot of stress. So, and I've been there myself where sometimes I, I feel I need to just stop and meditate. And yet I don't because I feel that I haven't met my quotas. Yet, on the other hand, I know that by meditating, I might even meet my quotas even more so. But I just can't stop myself because, you know, I'm focused on business, business, business. What do you say to the business person like I've been in the past who are so focused on the next piece of business that they sort of lose the whole totality of how that 24 hours should be spent? Yes, business is an art. And an art with integrity it was, it's a good business because people will always return where there is integrity. And sometimes, you know, we find a mechanic who has integrity and our car will always be going there because many people can fool us because we don't know much about, well, I don't know much about cars. So if they tell me a story about a car, I would believe them. But now if I find somebody in the business world that their integrity would work and I can trust them, I will always go there with no questions asked. And the beautiful thing about business is about creating. It's like art. We create a certain amount of, uh, of, of windows and opportunities, and we do that. Now we dream about doing it in a different way, so we do it. Like right now with the COVID-19 in, uh, in the field that I am in, I, I cannot go out there speaking in public anymore because you know it's not permitted. And it's all grateful that instead of complaining about it and paralyzing ourselves, we look through the change. How can we continue doing what we love to do? Now it's Zooming, now it's video, now it's creating more books. It's a different way of outlet. But, you know, the dam cannot stop us. We will find a way as the liquid to get out. If it's, we have to turn into rain again and come back down, we will have to do it. But the beautiful thing about loving what you love to do, it's a business. And that's the real work in life when you really love. Now, integrity is not to sell your soul, not to sell your soul to the negativity. Like they used to say in the past, don't sell your soul to the devil. Don't, don't sell your integrity. Don't, don't corrupt your, your name. Don't corrupt yourself. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't, don't make the consciousness dirty by one sale because it's not worth it. A million dollars is not worth having a rock that's hurting the love of your life. It's better to be free and integrity. And I tell you, some doors close and some open. So many business people change business because they know, okay, if I don't do it, someone else is going to do it. I have 80 or 100 years of life. Let me experience the most I can. And many people will only have one store open and, you know, times will change. And now the photography is evolving. And I remember when the, the pictures came out, the digital, and the, the production of printing was over, uh, overnight. So they have to find another way, or they can just say, complain all their life, and they still will be there. Well said. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously, if we weren't in a COVID world, uh, you might not be on this show today, because you might be out speaking in front of thousands of people. Uh, <laughs> And so that brings us together. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, what I want to know, you know, your family uh, has a tradition of, of shamanism. And I think a lot of people do not understand that word uh, and what it represents. And it's very profound what it represents. I want you to tell us what is a shaman? Who is a shaman? And can anyone be a shaman if they choose to be? Yes. Normally we are shamans. Only the storytellers separate us because 
as I was growing up, what is a shaman has nothing to do with men or women. And even the title shaman is only a man. It's not true. The most powerful shaman in my tradition was my grandmother, and she was a powerful female, five foot, you know. Um, but for me, the word shaman means an open channel. It's an open channel of nature from your heart to come and express out. Whatever you experience negativity, you turn into positivity, and you learn from nature. And the nature that we learn is from our inner nature, where we can change the weathers, control the weathers. And I don't mean the weather outside, I mean the emotions. So when we control the inner emotions, we can see clearly in the outside, and then we learn from the outside, having an ally from the within, and that ally is our consciousness, that is ourself. So in this beautiful moment, it's about you know learning from nature, and we all been learning from nature from the beginnings that we were born. So we all have the same teacher, and it's life itself, and it throws all these obstacles, it throws all these challenges, it broke our heart, even broke our spirit where we came back. And how we came back and figure out a way, that's how life teaches us because we find our wings. And this is like the hummingbirds. Sometimes they fall off the nest and they don't fly. But the ones who stay in the nest, they will fly. And we stay in the nest with all the things that we're experiencing in life. And the hummingbirds are the messengers of the gods. And we humans are like messengers. We're like hummingbirds because we collect nectar. And that's what the shaman is doing all the time, collecting the inner nectar to take it out in the outside. Now the challenge is how we're going to describe it. And that's why everyone's a shaman, how they're going to describe how they overcame themselves, how they mastered love. So I want to talk a little bit about faith. We're in a world where people are either very faithful or they're not very faithful, uh, faith-based, I should say. And so how do you become a faith-based person? when there's so many challenges, so many problems in the world, uh, it's easy to say, look, I've been faith-based, and yet all these bad things still happening. You know, what? And then there's that classic, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, life is driven itself. We cannot control life. Everything has a purpose in life. Some people commit suicide, and that brings awareness to people around those people to not do not do do not do suicide to really value life you know everything negative brings positive things to the world and many things people are not faithful because they live in blind faith they put all the faith into somebody outside of them and when they don't walk or do what they want them to do they feel betrayed and now they're hoping hoping for a change like father explains to me one day hoping hope is the last demon of pandora's box it's the hope that we feel it's like the it's like if we were enslaved, it's like we were put down and we're hoping to be free. And we lose faith in ourselves because we have black faith. Now, real faith is when you have faith in you. Like saying, okay, I'm eating certain ways and it's making me sick. I have faith in me that I can change my eating ways and have the intent that I will change my life because I have faith in myself and that's what faith does. Faith wakes up the intent and the strong will within us so we can manifest the prayer that we've been asking for. And no one will give us the prayer answer. It's only us who will answer that prayer because we are our own guardian angel. We were that angel that they told us that we needed to pray when we were young. It was never outside of us. It was within us. So when we have faith in ourselves, and we have faith that something outside of us, like, let's say, believes that we can overcome something. That's why it makes things negative outside of our life. So we can believe in ourselves that we can overcome anything and to not paralyze us for what they do. 
because you know there's a lot of people out there in life doing all this negativity lying and you know they cut lying and, and they still you know hide behind the positivity of the divine religions and it is because everything is corrupted but when you uncorrupt your faith in blindness that you had in your life and you get the responsibility back you get your power back and have faith for yourself we can uncorrupt our religions because all of our religions are beautiful because they describe how to deal with the addiction of suffering what's in the human parasite mind the one that sabotages ourselves because that's the word of the gods my faith is better than your faith my religion is better than your religion my yoga is better than your yoga you know it's a word of the gods but it's all good because it all ends the addiction of suffering so if we all work together and support once another art this will be a beautiful art gallery and this is the beautiful thing about people who don't have faith in themselves because they were programmed to have faith in something else to create separation or think they're better than somebody else when we're all the same now when we have that experience or something happens in life we get humbled and we become creasing the ground and then everything that we took personal every question we have doesn't mean anything because we're grateful to be alive we have that space to really see clearly to have faith in us because this is when we really wake up in a world where everybody's completely drunk and we're the only sober people in it and this is when we have faith in ourselves because we don't believe in them we're not taking them personally anymore but we're listening to the real love of our life the one that we're here to protect and that's where in religion i take the image of the virgin of guadalupe and i describe these two people because the body of the mother is our human body with emotions coming in and out but the little angel holding her is our intent is our mind is our strength and this is what we're here to do in life to protect divine mother and even though we're male or female doesn't matter because we carry the body of life with the little angel protecting this so if we take care of ourselves we can give to other people because we cannot give what we don't have but when we give faith to us and something inside wakes up and that's intent the intent that you know we can work in ourselves and drop a hundred pounds and get our body back healthy that's intent that's magic and many people do not believe that's magic because of the stories we believe now imagine all the spells that we have in ourselves we cannot change i cannot change my life i'm not meant for love i cannot eat that way well you can you just have to break the spell and believe in you have faith once again well i love what you say about intent and uh, having our own guardian angel and not necessarily giving all our power away because we're always giving our power away to other people and yet we have this power within ourselves that we need to uncover so thank you for that metaphor and explaining it uh, and you know so your family has this incredible tradition uh the toltec tradition and um, it emphasizes uh, unconditional love and personal healing as a means by which we create transformation now so many of us know that we need to love ourselves and so many of us need know that we need to have unconditional love for not only ourselves but for others yet no matter how many times we hear it we just can't seem to get out of our own way we just can't seem to get there we hold on to grudges we don't forgive talk to us a little bit about how we can finally get to that promised land of unconditional yes. love the 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 first to take off the mask of pretending to yourself or to other people and to realize what the message that you give in life is like i said about the hummingbird we're messengers the question it is what message we're giving to ourselves and to the people we say we love with all our heart if we like our message let's continue but if we don't like it that give us the awareness to wake up in a nightmare so we can change that dream so we can change that delivery so we can change that script from the character that we think we are 
And for the longest time, I used to think that I was the character of being a junkie. Nobody loves me. The person that nobody will ever have a relationship with is because I was believing that character so much that that became a reality. You and believe that, that you believe that yourself at one yes. point? Really? I believe that so much, you know, that, wow. that I was holding on to, even though when I, I came, I, I went through hard times that I even did a, a, a suicide attempt because that was so difficult. Then when I was speaking to my father, I noticed him when he was asking me questions that I was, when he asked me, what did I do? I was defending all those beliefs that I believed in. I was, even though I did that to my body, I was still defending those beliefs. And this is the same thing that we do in life when we're not happy. We defend everything that hurt us, but we don't want to let them go. It's like if somebody we're living with is abusing us physically and verbally, but we're so afraid of that person that we are afraid to let go because they think that they can get us in any way. But guess what? That bully is ourselves. The one that we're honest that we're bullying ourselves and how we're bullying it is time to change because that's not loving ourselves. That's punishing ourselves. And uh, with this awareness, it's about making up. Now, the power of honesty gives you awareness of what you're doing. And normally when you wake up in this honesty, the first thing is to self-judge. Don't judge yourself. It's perfect. You have awareness. It's like the Hulk waking up in the midst of his destruction. What am I doing? Okay, I can stop it now. I don't have to continue destroying. I can stop him. And that's what I'm coming from. We begin to unlearn our habits the way we think we are. You know, when I first had a spiritual experience when I was a kid, I remember having an out-of-body experience. I remember having a sleep paralysis. I didn't know back then what it was, but now I know I, I couldn't move. And then I float and I look my body sleeping and they call that, you know, an out-of-body experience. And I have to confess that was just a dream. It didn't help me at all in my life. The real out-of-body experience was to see myself dreaming, thinking, my habits, my excuses, my justifications, because I was knowing how I wasn't changing my life. Now, when I begin noticing my own program, I can change it. So when everybody, when you begin listening to your own program, see your own habits, and you begin being aware of what you like and what you don't like, what you don't like, you can change it. And people will say, you can never change. Let them say whatever they want. They, you can never change as a secondary character in their head. That's not the real you. So why should we sacrifice ourselves for something that is not real in people's head? People are going to judge anyways. They're going to judge before we're born. They judge when we're alive. And they're going to judge after we're dead. So why give that power to an illusion that subtitles every artist? We wake up knowing that, you know, everybody is drunk with their own consciousness. Now we're getting sober what the thing to be get sober one day at a time one day of unlearning you get the temptation to punish yourself for something you just did like how many times do we bump into somebody and we're the or somebody bumping to us and we're the one saying i'm sorry yeah good point you know that's the program subliminal but we cannot change that when we know how we're dreaming you know you also mentioned in your book that the human mind is addicted to suffering, that's a very profound statement. And the journey out of that suffering is one of awakening. And I tend to concur with you for sure, because it seems like people all around always seem to go more to, you know, the woe with me and, you know, all the worlds, you know, kind of collapse. And every time they hear the news, it's, it's Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> so tell us about how the human mind is addicted to suffering and how do we get out of that? Well, it's simple. We were programmed that way from kids. Like I, can, I can't talk for anybody else, but I can speak to myself. When I was growing up, I wanted to hang with my older cousins and older friends in the neighborhood. And of course, they were drinking and hanging in the corner. Of course, my parents didn't let me hang with them, but I was growing, wanting to grow up so big. 
And I remember one going to a gathering, uh, a shamanic gathering, uh, a gathering of awareness, and people were speaking with a feathered stick. And the only one who could speak was the one holding it. And they were sharing stories of victimization. They were competing who had the most suffering in the room. For my little mind, what it meant in order to be a grown up, you have to have victimization, you have to have drama, you have to have suffering to be a grown up. So there I go, go look for a girlfriend so I can break my own heart and then use that broken heart to go hurt myself. And then I forgot what I was doing in the first place. But the addiction of suffering became so real because that's what is being sold in the movies, in the soap operas, in the, in the music. The number one music that's sold in, in history is the heartbreak music. True. Because, because they, that's the program we have. Oh, I cannot live. I will die without you. And then we get into substance. Then you get into drinking that's a depressant. And, you know, then we try to break away. That is relationship or food. You know, we cannot escape the machine. It's going to get us one way or another. But the beautiful thing is that it gets us. But one point in life, we wake up from it. And then when we begin waking up from it, we begin seeing that everything we did in life was supposed to happen because it happened. It gave us awareness to change. But the addiction of suffering is, is what the world lives. It's the 5,000 years of human gathering. We just... You know, even in the news, even I see social media, people cannot wait to read the news, what's going on, so they can fight. You know? That's for and, sure. And well, Democrats and Republicans, right? <laughs> yes, I remember watching the, the wrestling, because I love watching professional wrestling. And the thing about professional wrestling is they don't want you to think, they want you to react and choose sides. And they can change the story whenever they want. And that's the thing in life. The addiction of suffering wants us to react, wants us to feel like we're number one, we're the best in everything. We don't care about oneness, really. We don't care about equilibrium because we don't care even to hurt animals. You know, the condition of the human addiction is so big that they even numb themselves from hurting a cow, from hurting piggies, from hurting. They justify that that is another way and they turn it off. And, and the same thing happens how we're cruel to one another. And the cruelty to one another, it shows how we treat animals. And, and this is the beautiful dream that they say it's heaven. No, it's not heaven. It's a pretending heaven. It's like a pretending church. The moment that we get there with integrity and walk a real path and everybody begins, you know, finding their true feelings and everything they grow up, like I can totally go into the Catholic, in, 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 into, the, in, into Hinduism, in, 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 into my Totec tradition, and find all the beautiful gems because I know that they're talking about them about the same thing. But the same thing I can totally know that there was human sacrifice and they were barbaric and there was the Inquisition and there were all these, you know, fanatism. Then everything can become possessed, the beautiful thing it is. When you find the peace and center in you, you can find it in the outside and the people don't have to agree with you because it's not the reality. It's like Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of your kingdom. And this is the beautiful thing when we respect our storyteller because we know that all stories are lies, but there's some stories that paralyze us and there's some stories that make us you know, open our hearts. And the beautiful thing that will appreciate this is the little kids because they see how we're dreaming. So you talk about how only when we change ourselves do we actually change the world. So we got to begin with ourselves. Can you tell us about how the world changes by changing ourselves first? Yes, let's say if I don't change myself and I want my relationship to work and I just did something horrible and I scream at my wife, I scream at my partner, and then the next day I'll say, I will never do it again. She or he forgives me, then the next day I'll do it again. 
and that's the cycle. But when I'm truly want to want that forgiveness, I stop doing that. Well, this has been incredible wisdom that I'm going to start to apply for myself. You know, uh, the whole message you've given us today about unconditional love, about having our own guardian angels, uh, and how we can change uh, for the better. We don't have to stay in the paths of yesterday that did not lead us uh, into the right, uh, you know, direction. Uh, these are all incredible messages. And so I want to have you share with us and our audience how people can continue to learn from you. Uh, where do they find your books? How do they learn more about your work? Well, first thing I want to say a little quickly, life is a vacation. If you get to your destination and you go for baggage claim to get your suitcase and your suitcase got lost, just remember, you are on vacation. The suitcase is not on vacation. You can get other suitcases to enjoy your life. Do not make your life insufferable because you lost your, your, your suitcase. You will get another one. It serves its purpose. And this is what I talk about. We are on vacation here in life. So you can find what we family do in the miguelriz.com. This is the things that we will work, we're working on. And right now, we're working on something very, very cool that we will be happy to share in later coming. My brother's working on something, but we can also, we're also sharing things in Instagram and Facebook. We're doing live Mondays and my brother shares his books every day. And yes, it, it was so beautiful to have that social media to, to communicate with one another. Well, our guest today on The Motivation Show has been Don Jose Ruiz, and you have been an incredible uh, help and healer to so many people, and I want to thank you humbly for being a guest on my show today. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for helping the show. Well, we both work for the same boss. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in. We love our listeners, and we believe you have greatness within you. If you like The Motivation Show, we appreciate you subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. Check out EliMarcusSuccess.com to hear more inspiring shows and to read our motivational blog. That's EliMarcusSuccess.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.